0: Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. Seeking the truth, exposing the lies. Remember, together, we are unstoppable. Keep on digging. Right. I mean, that you would think that that would be a no-brainer. If you're going to mandate that somebody has a child, well, then you need to pay for it. Um, once again, so that's where I go to, like, are we just trying to fill the prisons to get more slave labor? I don't know. Suspect, very suspect. Got a message from da Bunny Life.
1: I believe in bodily autonomy from the government across the board. The government should not be getting involved in people's personal medical decisions, whether that's having an abortion or whether or not you want to take a vaccine. It should be not be mandated or controlled by the government across the board. Uh, yeah, I don't understand people out here who are, who are pro ma- vaccine mandate. Like, you've got to get the vaccine, and now we're like, my body, my choice. Like, mm, no, you can't believe in just one or two, one or the other. There, in my thoughts. Yeah.
0: Well, we're trying to stick to the abortion issue that's just been talked on, and gun the gun issue that's just been talked on. Adorable, deplorable.
2: I would just like to say that. I have requested to join the panel and not been acknowledged. And that's really homophobic of you, Dave, and your white privilege is showing.
0: Wait, you have? Oh, man, I'm sorry, I I haven't even been on that screen. I've been uh, on the screen of the messages. So there we go, I just brought you up. My bad. Twista, you got another message, but I'm looking at the sound wave and it's really, really low. So I'm not going to play it. If you could change, if you could turn up your phone volume, please, so that everybody could hear you, uh, and then I'll go ahead and play your messages. Getting a message from Adorable Deplorable, who is now on the panel. Republicans in today's country,
2: bold enough to force you to have children, but too weak to protect them with common sense legislation.
0: What is going on? Adorable.
2: Hi, All right, adorable. I, forgive you. I forgive you, Dave. You're no longer a bigoted white supremacist.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I've never, never <laughs> have. <been.
2: laughs> Miss Smitty. Hi. You know, you know, I remember the old days where you thought I was like this extremist, crazy Republican. And I'm glad uh-huh. when we can find opportunities <laughs> to agree. Because I think if more people on the left took an opportunity to ally with people on the right then we would have better alignment when fighting issues like what we're experiencing now
3: oh yeah for sure i agree with that
0: i agree with that 100 percent. i I don't draw party lines yeah i don't draw party lines i look at issues right um you know so I don't I don't agree with somebody just because they're in a certain party, and I don't disagree with somebody just because they're in a certain party. I try not to do uh, identity politics, right? To me, it's the platform that the person is condoning or or not, you know. Absolutely. Right. Like there've been there've been people that have had issues that I agree with, and then other ones I completely 180 degrees don't you know um so i think we need to look at it case by case issue by issue uh, and hold people accountable right to to what the people want because they do work for us ultimately at least they're supposed to I'm, I'm sorry I didn't see your your uh, your request to join, uh, adorable. But I was uh, I was stuck on the message page because there were so many, so I was just staying on that on that screen.
2: I forgive you. You can make it up to me and show you're an ally by Venmoing me twenty dollars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Uh, adorable. Did you hear the comment I made earlier um, about these two born again Christians? Um. And I guess, you know, there's varying degree of Christendom or whatever, right? Because born agains, I think, are a little more extreme. But I would go so far as to call these people religious extremists, uh, which, you know, are the same people that are beheading people in other countries, religious extremists. So the key word, not religion, but extremist. These people were were talking about how they're pro-life and and then all of a sudden, Somehow the, the, the host was great. It was this guy named Flo, and then he directed it. Well, what about gay people's rights? What about those lives? And both of these born-again Christians said that gay people should be locked up. I was, I was appalled. I was beside myself.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, here's the problem that I have with this whole idea of religious liberty is on one hand, you have Republicans talking about religious liberty, uh, the rights of people to practice their religion and not be pushed into behaviors that would contradict that, which is ultimately why they spent a quarter of a million dollars to defend a cake baker's right not to make a gay wedding cake. But on the flip side— they're throwing a tantrum, screaming in the middle of the street because their rights are being violated when Whole Foods says that you need to wear a mask to come in and buy tomatoes care. And, and so I, I right. have a problem where your religious liberty grants your private businesses the right to engage in behavior, but you refuse to acknowledge and accept when others do the same. But even beyond that, I, I don't think that you can call it religious liberty when you don't have equitable application of the Bible. If your religion and your claim is that I am so severely practicing what I believe that it violates my constitutional rights to engage in behaviors that go against it, then I better not see you eating shellfish. I better not find you wearing mixed fabrics. I better not (laughs) see you working on the Sabbath day. But when you have a group of majority of cr- Christians that want to selectively apply the Bible, that is no longer religious liberty. That is plain
0: and simple discrimination. And tyranny, tyranny. Let's just call it what it is. That's tyranny. You're, you're, you're advocating for a king at that point, whether you know it or not, right? Because it's a slippery slope. Um, and I couldn't agree with you more. I saw so many videos of Karen's and Chad's on the uh, on the anti mask thing demanding that a business let them in. I'm sorry, that's a private business. And if they want to protect the health of themselves and their workers, you know, they're able to do that. Does every you know I mean come on, everybody should remember the sign. No shirt, no shoes, no service. Right? Like and some businesses have a sign up. We can refuse service for any or no reason. And they can't. It's their business. Period
2: oh absolutely um but but i will say this and this is where i'm probably going to trigger miss mitty um because it's always fun to have some type of disagreements but i will say this um obviously i support pro-choice um because i'm in favor of bodily autonomy but i think it's important that the pro-choice people recognize that bodily autonomy is across the board you can't be in favor of legalizing abortion, but then have been upset when people were pushing back against vaccine mandates. Bodily autonomy is bodily autonomy, and you have to respect an individual's personal health choices across the board. Now, that doesn't mean that those people who choose not to get vaccinated are entitled to be in open public spaces or large public venues and private businesses. Um, I fully support Private employers' right to say you don't have to get vaccinated, but we also don't have to employ you. I fully support airlines' right to say you don't have to be vaccinated and mask, but I don't have to allow you to use my service. They are private businesses and they have that right. But bodily autonomy means that we are fundamentally opposed to the government telling an individual what they need to do with their body.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what part of that I'm supposed to disagree with because I agree with all of it.
2: Okay, no, no, some like, I had a Facebook spat today, because some lady was like, when's the last time somebody got pregnant by contagiousness? And I'm like, you're missing oh the my point.
3: That's why I am in favor of companies being able to uh, institute mandates for their employees, right? And, you know, to your point about airlines and things like that. Um, and I think it's reasonable to expect that if you want to send your child to public school, they'll be required to be vaccinated, right? Which they already are for many other things. So um, I think those things are reasonable. If you still choose to not get vaccinated, that's fine, you know. But if it costs you your job or your ability to, you know, f- to fly to where you want to go or something like that, that's the consequences of your own choice.
2: Absolutely. Uh, so I, I guess we're in agreement. It's kind of scary. That's kind of scary. <laughs>
0: well, once again, so
3: a, what a world this is!
0: Right. Once again, I <laughs> so think that's you, just you know, when something is common sense, it's it's not a partisan issue.
2: That is very true, and, and you know, interestingly enough, um, it kind of reminded me because I know I got cut off on that message. With I don't know if Grinch is still in here, but um, I find it so odd because even though some some Democrats like, oh, you're a conservative, you, I get called a rhino by a lot of my own party, especially post Donald Trump's loss, is that everything that I advocate is 100% aligned with Republican principles. That That's why I support the ability of people to choose, because limited governance. It's why I support universal health care and the expansion of government involvement in healthcare because it's fiscally responsible to pay less and have a better outcome. So, you know, people might say like, oh, a centrist, whatever. I actually disagree. I think that I am the truest form of Republican because I don't care culturally or socially what religion or moral compass says. What I care about are those true planks, which is that we limit government's role in our private lives And that we do the most fiscally responsible thing as taxpayers. As long as those two things are being done, I am still the truest form of conservative. I think the problem is we've seen this migration thanks to Donald Trump, which really I I voted for him twice, full disclosure, but I have a hard time with Donald Trump being this pillar of conservative Catholic values, considering his background, both business and personally, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. But uh, we have Donald Trump to thank for, you know, Republicanism becoming what it is, which is, you know, this idea of protect, of protecting traditionalism. Um, you know, I, I don't even think, and I'm probably going to get myself in trouble, but I don't even know that entirely it's rooted in, Catholicism anymore. Because I think socially, and I'll use certain people on stereo uh, of a specific minority community where they're not really Catholic, but they'll sit there and talk about, well, why do we not want babies to live? Your deviant behavior if you're homosexual, and and so I don't even know that it's fully just bent on religion. I think that's how Republicans have been able to get um, more black people and more Hispanics into the realm of conservatism because they may not be fully practicing religious individuals, but they support traditionalism. And that's where the Republican Party has been very effective under Donald Trump is pushing the evangelical agenda by focusing not just on religion, but, hey, this is what a great family is. This is what ideal family is. This is what traditionalism looks like. And it sells. It sells to minority communities who feel like their idea of what an ideal family should look like is under attack.
0: Yeah, I have have trouble believing much of what Trump says, you know, especially like the America first part. But all of his products were made in China, and all of his wives are mail order brides.
2: (laughs) But, but so, and I do want to, I do want to heed this off, um, because I'm sure some people are going to say that is, you know, on on that note of like, um, oh, you can you know, a private business can say, if you're not vaccinated, I don't have to hire you. Because I actually had one Republican come back and, well, you know, obviously, if you're LGBT or like, well, what if you had an abortion? Does that mean I also have the right not to let you use my service and also not to let, you know, hire you, etc. And, and this is what I would say is, as long as you are consistent 100% with applying your religious beliefs, then I technically would support that. But what i see happening like this this cake baker is you denied a gay wedding cake right but every person that walks in, do you do a background check? If somebody was divorced and getting remarried, would you make their cake? Because that would be a sin. If somebody had a criminal record that was getting married, would you reject that cake? Because they engaged in sinful behavior. The problem with this whole religious liberty argument is the first instance where we can demonstrate that you went against your religious belief to engage in a behavior, either personally or professionally, that violated that religious institutions philosophy then the entire idea that you have that as a right becomes dismantled
0: right then it becomes discrimination clearly right what do you think on that miss minnie
3: yeah i mean i agree with that
0: we, we got some messages backing up let me uh let me, uh, suggest- let me let me.
3: Maybe I should
2: just run for president.
3: Well, I, don't I, I, I was telling. You. You. Don't take it wrong. The last,
0: the well, last conversation we had, I was urging say? you to run for Congress. Well,
2: what did she say, Miss Smitty? I didn't hear.
3: You wouldn't vote for me. I said, I'm not sure if I would vote for you. I'm still on the fence. But I did follow you today, so that's progress. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: yeah, that's well, that's progress. the beauty of being. <laughs> that's the beauty of being the adorable, deplorable. I'm still adorable, but you look at me and go, ah, you know, I. It's like I always tell people, what I love about my views is that the liberals get triggered by the shit that comes out of my mouth, and the Republicans by what comes inside it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, my God. We got a message from Life.
1: So it sounds like Twist isn't from the United States. But I thought child support was based on a certain percentage of income of the father. So if he's only paying $200, that means he's only making a certain amount of money, and that's a certain percentage of his income. Uh, I think that's how it goes here. It's not a flat rate in the United States for child support. So if a millionaire has a kid, then the payments could be really big. And if he's, you know, slinging burgers at McDonald's, the payment's going to be really low.
0: Agreed. What I understood the message to be was that if the state is going to mandate that you carry a pregnancy to term, then the state is responsible for child support. That's that's how I understood the message. Um, what do you guys think on that?
3: I mean, I would say this, right? Like if uh, it's, it's a factor it by both parents' income, right? But if your income is so low that you can only contribute $200 a month, then that's fine. But if we're forcing women uh, to carry these pregnancies to term and have children that they're not financially prepared for, then I think that we should increase the percentage of income that we're willing to take from the men also. You know, I mean, let's pass the struggling around.
0: And that's seems That seems reasonable.
3: Tax return, things <laughs> like that.
2: That's why I say Republicans are, are pro-birth, because they want you to have the child, but they don't care whether or not it's fed, housed, educated, and given health care. So he- yep. here's what I propose. Here's what I would propose as my first congressional platform is that the people who are pro-life get put on a list, a database, and they have to be the first individuals who adopt or foster these children that we're forcing people to have.
0: Um, I've been saying this for years, that uh, yeah, pro-life...
3: Yeah, like 400,000 kids in foster care right now. More than 400,000. We could call 000. it a pro-life tax. And all yeah. of these
2: um, wealthy, elitist, pro-life people, they pay an extra 1%, and that goes into a pot of money to provide for these kids that we're forcing women to have.
0: There you go. An interest-bearing trust fund. Um, I've been saying this for years, that pro-lifers have no argument to stand on unless they have adopted children, right? Yep. Got another message from life.
1: So I'm asking the panelists, do you guys, how do you guys think that gun control should be regulated in the United States? Do you believe that we should have constitutional carry across the states? Do you think it should be fully
0: banned? What are your takes on that? What an awesome segue.
2: Constitutional carry is a lie and the biggest load of horseshit that I've ever heard in my life. The Constitution, as a well-regulated militia, simply entitled private citizens the right to gun ownership. That's it. This idea that now I get to take the gun that I own, hide it in my pants and be entitled to carry it anywhere that I choose is ludicrous.
0: Right. Even in the Wild West, you had to have it in a holster on the side of your hip. You couldn't be, you you weren't hiding it. Right. Um, But that's a great segue to an article I pulled up uh, written by, it's on Yahoo News, written by Chanel Chandler uh, yesterday, 25th. Uh, California offers blueprint for states affected by Supreme Court gun ruling. After a highly anticipated Supreme Court ruling that struck down a century-old New York gun law, California, which has some of the most stringent gun laws in the U.S., has vowed to pursue multiple avenues to keep its residents safe, setting an example for other states. So I've been saying this for years as well. Why can't we just Mandate that every state adopt California's gun laws. You know, there's a 15 day waiting period. Nobody ever decides they're going to go hunting and then realizes, oh, shoot, I don't have a gun. I, you know, there's no reason you need a gun tomorrow or even next week. You know, 15 days is completely reasonable. Um, background checks, that's a no brainer, right? If you have a history of domestic abuse, of violent crime, of mental instability, You should be, you know, possibly prohibited from having a gun. Um, To me, that sounds like a no brainer for a functioning society. What do you guys think?
3: Yeah, I think it would be a good place to start.
2: So I want to kind of address something real quick. This is, I mean, on gun control, but uh, thank you. Conservative Eric sent me a message. Do you know what, what bear means? Like, you know, I, number one, like I, I respect the question, but I always, you know, find it interesting when people want to engage in like dictionary definitions. But look, if we go with this idea of bearing something, it's on display. To me, that's what the ability of bearing something is, you know, because when you're hiding it, you're not really putting it out on display and bearing it. And and I think that's right. important because like, look, you know, constitutional carry and if we look at the evolution of our laws, is that, you know, do, do I agree with states like California, right, where they basically say we'll have an application process for concealed carry. And I think even in the whole state it's less than 50 people, but they make this extremely high obstacle that essentially they, they really don't want anybody to conceal and carry. No, I I don't I think that type of extreme policy sets us up for the counter, which is constitutional carry. Um, you know, but but what I would I would say two things. Um, number actually I'm going to say three things. Number one is for the safety of people. You know, we we regulate a lot of things in the Constitution. There's freedom of speech, but you're held accountable if you slander somebody. You know, there's freedom of religion, but if your religion asks you to murder somebody, you'd be held accountable. Whether or not they are defined rights in the Constitution, we still have laws in place to protect the general welfare and well-being of people, which I strongly believe is connected to the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. And so when we further define and regulate to what extent these rights are carried out, I don't think that saying it's probably not safe to hide weapons— considering there are people who commit mass shootings, considering there are people who might want to go into work and shoot their boss for firing them. I don't have a problem that's saying not everybody should just be allowed to hide weapons wherever that they want. I I think the government has a responsibility to create legislation that ensures the general safety of the entire population. Um, The second thing that I would say is... um, you know, it, when we talk about like like the whole conceal and carry and and this constitutional carry that these states are doing, um, what I have a problem with is not necessarily the states that say you don't need a permit to conceal and carry, but when you look at states like Texas. They are advocating that you don't even have to register your firearm, that if you are legally allowed based on this set of definitions to have a firearm, you should just be allowed to obtain one. And I don't think that is how we should regulate guns in this country. If you want to conceal and carry, if you want to have a gun, there should be a defined process of background checks and everything. And so that's why I'm when I say I'm, I'm opposed to constitutional carry, it's because of how states have evolved it to just mean any person 18 and over can have a gun and hide it wherever they want. No, I don't think that is the right way that we should be addressing this issue. Um, but the last thing I will say is, on the other side of the argument, when you have states that say things like, even though To come into this country the wrong way is illegal, we're going to be a sanctuary city and allow immigrants. You can't then turn around and get upset when Republicans say, well, we're going to be a sanctuary gun state and allow constitutional carry. So I do think, and and I always say this as, as kind of the middle person, that extreme policy from one side is always met and matched with extreme policy from the other side. So whether it's gun issue, whether it's abortion, the best way that we're going to get the far right reined in is by equally getting the far left pulled back in.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Extremes on one side will lead to the balancing effect, which would be extremes on the other side. Um, I want to read a quick little quote from this article. uh, California's concealed carry law has similar language. They're referring to the New York law. Uh, Residents have to show good cause defined as sufficient evidence of potential danger to life or great bodily harm to the applicant, his or her spouse or dependent child, which cannot be adequately dealt with by existing law enforcement resources and which danger cannot be reasonably avoided by alternative measures and which danger would be significantly mitigated by the ap- applicants carrying of a concealed firearm. Um, yeah, got a message from Conservative Eric. Okay, then if we're going off that premise, can we not hire you if you have had an abortion? Would that be okay?
2: So, so here's what I would ask Eric, and 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 I'm I'm genuinely asking this or any person. It doesn't have to be Eric. Can you provide for me the exact quote in the Bible that references the aborting of a fetus?
0: That's a good one. And the reason
2: I would challenge that is some might say, well, the principality of conservatism is that, you know, we, we shouldn't be killing these babies, you know, so you know, and that's that's why I ask. Is is my gut tells me that it's not stipulated specifically. The Bible addresses fetuses, but it's a general principality that conservatives and Christians are referring to. But if we're going to talk about the idea behind the Bible, wouldn't one be able to argue that the general principality of Jesus' teaching is that we should love all people, and that your ability to criminalize parents for providing gender affirming care and rejecting this idea that the LGBT community could equally be subjected to less rights would also in principality go against the idea of the Bible.
0: Jesus preached to accept and love and love thy neighbor as thyself, right? As far as I know, that means all people, not just the neighbor on your left. Got a message from Grinchface.
2: But it's absolutely not aligned with Republican principles now. I understand, like, you want to do the Honorable Abe Lincoln thing. I get it. You know, I grew up with those core values in a conservative
0: household. But there's so many dog whistles, man. I'm telling you. I mean, there's this, like, encoded language that just breeds hate with these people. I don't think that
2: you do it. That's why I'm always so shocked uh, when, you know, like I agree with you on almost everything when we're on a panel and I'm not a Democrat either. But, um, you know, it it is just strange. It's strange to me.
0: We got a message from Paradoxy that somehow I skipped. Whoops.
1: Question for the panel. If a mother should have the choice to mother,
0: uh, should the father also have a choice to father? Well, they do. You just don't stick you know, it in. You do. Right? Yeah. It's so, called masturbation.
3: What I mean, paying child support <laughs> is not the same as fathering. Don't get that twisted either. Right? You can be required to financially support your child, but nobody can force you to parent your child. And a lot of men right. don't. Or some men don't. True.
0: Yeah. And so um, was, I read some I read somewhere the worst form of neglect or uh, the worst form of child abuse is neglect. It has the most impact.
2: So what was actually interesting is I was on a panel listening with um, our good old dear friend Paul Rhodes. And, um, you know, his argument was that men should have a say in regards to this because, you know, the baby is 50 50 DNA. But actually what I found is that while males are 50-50, females with the breakdown of the chromosomes are actually 51% DNA of the mother. So what I would propose is that men get to have a say if their child is male, but if it's female, their 49% is outweighed by the mother's share.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think then then we're getting into splitting hairs. I think I think it's more of just a personal choice issue, you know. And the woman carries the child. the The man doesn't have to carry the child for nine months, so that's the first hit that the woman takes, you know. And and the limiting factors of of late pregnancy, right? You can't do what they're, they're, you're limited in what you can do. And then from there, caring for the child is a whole nother thing. So birthing is one thing, but you know, raising a contributing member of society, there's a lot that goes into it, you know?
2: I think for me, where where I struggle with this is, you know, I'm about consistency, especially when it comes to policy. And and I know sometimes it's hard because there are certain things that you can't just tangibly draw lines of of consistency. But look, on on one end, if we're going to say, well, you don't get a choice. If I want to abort, I'm going to abort. But if I choose to have it, you don't got to pay. You know, To me, I think that becomes problematic with policy because, look, if we're going to say that it's completely up to the woman, look, if the guy doesn't agree with the decision, then he should be treated in the same capacity regardless of what the decision is. If we're going to tell him, you didn't carry it, so you don't get a choice and have any accountability in my decision, then if he doesn't want to have a child, then, you know, people are saying, well, if he didn't want to have a child, don't have sex. So if she chooses to give birth, you're on the hook to pay. But then we could apply that to the other situation. Well, look, if she didn't want to have a child, then she shouldn't have engaged in the behavior. So I just have a problem with that mindset not being consistent.
0: What do you got on that, Miss Mitty? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a slippery one. Um, I can see where I can see your point there. Um, but I, I think the majority of the problem, at least currently, is, you know, I mean, and, there, and that's why laws had to be passed for for child support, where a man's paycheck would be docked because dudes would impregnate and skip out, you know. um. So, you know, I don't know. I think if you're going to do something like that, then you'd have to mandate condom use, right? The man would have to 100% of the time use his form of birth control, no matter what the woman's doing. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I think that gets into a really slippery area. And then, and then we're splitting hairs. And um, I just don't want the government to have that much involvement in private lives at all. You know,
2: yeah, as somebody who was the product of foster care, I'm adopted, I think for me, one of the positions that we have to solve at governance level is just the overall system of what we do with children where the biological parents don't want to be involved. because our foster care system as a country sucks. Um, when people want to adopt the process and the amount of money required just for people to be parents sucks and is broken. It's almost as hard as gaining legal citizenship in this country, the amount of money and resources that it takes. And so, you know, I, I do think like, you know, regardless of the situation, whether we allow abortions, whether we don't, there's still a certain percentage of children that are entrenched in these systems. Those have to be fixed in this country, because, you know, for me, and I've said this a few times, I always look at the end result. Um, contrary to popular opinion, you know, I, I don't believe there's this horde of women that says, I want to be a hoe and don't want to take accountability for my actions, so I'm just going to go get an abortion. No, I think that we would see a significant reduction in the number of abortions if we did three things. First of all, if we fixed access to health care, it shouldn't cost $10,000 or indebtedness to give life in this country. That is absurd. Right. If we gave equitable and affordable access to healthcare in this country, then more people might be willing to give birth. Um, I think the second piece is whether we like it or not, there is a systemic problem of the ability to live in this country. If somebody is going to give birth, they have to think about, do I make enough to provide for a whole mouth and put more food in the, on the table? Do I make enough to move into an apartment where they can have their whole room? Do I make enough to provide all of the expenses of giving childcare once the birth has occurred? Yet the people advocating for pro-life want to restrict or limit social programs. If women weren't afraid of the financial instability that their life might spiral into by by giving birth, perhaps they would feel more comfortable. Now, I'm not saying that it should be a complete and total handout. There certainly has to be checks and balances and a level of accountability. But the number one concern should not be, "Oh shit, can I even afford to have a baby in this country?" Um, but the last piece that I'll say there is invest in things that are vital to people feeling like they can raise great children in this country. You know, as a mom or a parent, I'll be honest. I don't know if I would want to raise kids in this country. What if my child says, I'm trans and I think that I'm this, and I decide that the best thing with our healthcare provider is gender-affirming care, but, oh, shit, I live in Texas, and I might go to jail? You know, with, with the amount of restrictions and systems in place that make life almost unbearable for children in this country, it's no wonder that there might be people that say they're probably better off dead. So if Republicans and pro-lifers focused on fixing those pieces first, I think we would organically see a reduction in the number of women who don't want to give birth.
0: There we go green point. again. Welcome uh welcome to the panel Ryan.
3: Hi Ryan.
0: I'm going hey, to this- Good to see you. Glad to have you.
4: Yeah,
3: How you feeling, good. buddy?
4: We're okay. This this is a I, this is this is a much needed break from my own brain, so I'm I'm happy to listen to other people talk okay, besides cool. my yeah. Ryan. I am impressed. If I saw you at a bar, I
2: would let you buy me a drink.
4: Really? Based on the avatar, or have you done an IG search on me?
2: Oh, I'm gay. Of course, I stalked
4: you on IG. Oh. <laughs> I don't um well I'm um I'm a very forceful uh, straight top so I don't know if that's going to work out for us
2: Well two things it's um it's not gay if it's just a tip so very important note okay got it yeah <laughs> um secondly <laughs> um it's not gay if it's after four shots you just blame it on the alcohol uh 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 uh, 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 uh. just kidding
0: that is hilarious. Did you want to chime in on uh, on any of the plethora of things that we've been talking about, Ryan? Um, I'm not not quite
4: yet. I'm all I'm gonna I'm gonna get a lay of the land for a little bit.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's um let's maybe run through some of these messages. Um, Miss City, Miss Mitty, I know you said um. In the back channels that you that you had a little time constraint, is that still the, the situation? That, that's
3: or, the, it's a fact. This is a work day for me.
0: Because I want to give you the ability to, to say anything and everything that you want um, if you do have to go soon.
3: I appreciate it.
2: Miss Smitty, that's another area of agreement. What's that? You, you like going in through the back channels, and so do I.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it! All right, let's run through a couple of these messages. We we'll get another one from Conservative Eric. What about public schools and private schools? What if they barred you from attending our school if you've had an abortion?
4: Would that be okay? No, absolutely. none of this is okay. Absolutely.
3: Oh no!
2: Absolutely. Not public schools. If if, if a private school oh well, I didn't hear the public part but absolutely if there is a religious institution that has a school which we do in this country they absolutely have the right to say you can't be hired if you're gay if you have an abortion but again as long
3: uh-oh oh no no he's back Thank sorry sorry <laughs> <back. laughs>
2: I am. No, I, I was going to say absolutely. I As long as they're consistent, like if you're going to bar somebody for having an abortion and then bar another person because they're gay and then bar another person because they eat shellfish and wear mixed fabrics, then absolutely as a institution of education rooted in religion, you absolutely have
4: that right. But then you can't also then uh, um, take like Title IX money or federal funding – at the same time, you have to be completely privately funded, right?
2: I, I don't agree in that instance. Um, I actually, I, I do believe in school choice. Now, I think that Democrats should also support school choice because the quickest way to resolve the bathroom issue in public education is to let all of the um, religious right take their kids out and send them to their own schools. And, and so I do believe... That there needs to be a limited use of vouchers in public education. Let me tell you why. Um, You know, growing up. Um, Before you do
3: that, before you do that, can I interrupt? I'm sorry, Dave. I feel like you summoned it into existence, and um, I have to go work now. So I'm going to jump off the panel, but I'll be back. You'll probably still be on here when I can come back.
0: Okay. Well, much love. I really enjoyed uh, talking with you, and definitely want to do it again. So All have right, a yes, wonderful I, day, and thank you so much for I, joining.
2: Absolutely. Oh, we love you, Miss Smitty.
0: I love summoned you. work into existence. That's a, oh, That should be a sin.
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Sunday, so technically it is a sin. Right. <laughs> um, no, what, what I was going to say is, you know, growing up, I had um, some siblings that were in special education classes. Um, some which required more uh, specialized tools and instruction. I think it's fair to say that public education can't be specialized in every particular instance to certain students' needs. I mean, it, it would just require more money than the government it has, but also, you know, it's just not their area of expertise. So if you have a child that has a special learning need that is just not fully met in the public education sector, their parents should not be limited by financial means and the ability to provide specialized instruction. So in instances where the public school is not able and available to provide what is determined at a reasonable level, the best education for a student, the parents shouldn't have to pay for it. But if It's rooted in, like it is today, that, oh, I just want to take them because I want them to be in a religious school, or I want them to be in a magnet school that focuses on theater or performing arts. Then absolutely not. Government dollars should not be used. And there are institutions that, that do that. But what I see happening is that more and more districts don't want to allow even those type of institutions to be recognized. Um, where they're not even uh, affecting or taking Title IX dollars. And that's where I see that we have a problem is look, yes, they don't have to be funded, but
4: yes, they do have the right to exist.
0: Okay. Ryan, do you want to respond to that before I run through a few messages?
4: Yeah, I just think that it gets muddied. I think the, I mean, I went to a private Christian high school that was funded primarily by private tuition dollars. Um, but also in the era where there, uh, there was the push in California for there to be education vouchers. Um, and for me, knowing that I spent upwards of 25% of my high school education specifically learning about the Bible and Christian apologetics and worshiping the Christian God at school, regardless of what my thoughts are about that now, no federal money should go to that school. None. Right. Especially when, especially when the church that is affiliated with the school, that is the primary, you know, benefactor of that school is also able to claim a tax exemption status. Right. So like all of the money coming through the front door of that church that is now funding that educational school, that's all gratis right there's no the uncle sam gets none of that because the church is a, a de facto exempt taxation entity right and as a result the school is too but it's collecting all of this private money and now you're asking for under the same umbrella as i get I, i'm with you uh, adorable on that like special education that's its own beast and i 100 agree with you except that all of the levers that people would use to make those programs happen, special education programs happen, are only being used to push a fundamental Christian education right. They're not being used for special education. They're not. They're it's being used as a lever to make fundamentalist Christian values part of the overall curriculum for everyone. Or at least funded by the state or supplemented by the state. Like that I'm not okay yeah. with
0: 100, I 100% agree with that. And, um, I, you know, once again, I'm, I'm for separation of church and state at all levels. Um, and I would even go so far as to say we need to charge churches property tax. You know, I read somewhere that the Catholic Church is the largest property owner in the world, yet they pay no property tax. So I, I don't think those two things can, can harmoniously coexist. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do share with friends and on social media. Until next time, keep on digging for the truth.